Welcome to The Prosper Project, the show that helps entrepreneurs build brands that impact the world and the bottom line. We know that success doesn't come in a one-size-fits-all package. That's why we're bringing you adaptable marketing strategies along with valuable insights from inspiring changemakers, firebrands, and visionaries. I'm Lorraine Sugart, founder of the disruptive brand agency, Prosper for Purpose. Now for this week's episode. Welcome to episode 26 of the Prosper Project. I am halfway through the year, my first year in podcasting, and I have to say it's been a lot of fun and it's gone by really fast. So thank you to everyone who has subscribed, who has listened. I appreciate you. I do this for you. And if you're listening now and it's the first time, I would love for you to subscribe, go back and listen to a couple other episodes and leave me a review. Reviews mean everything to us. So today we're talking about thought leadership. We've all heard that term, right? Thought leadership. We're going to talk about what it is, why you want it, and how to position yourself to be the thought leader in your field. And there's just so much that I want to share about this topic that I'm going to cover it over the next two episodes of The Prosper Project. So let's start with a working definition of the term thought leader. It's an individual or organization whose prospects, clients, and partners and competitors recognize him, her as one of the go-to authorities in that area of specialization. Why you want to be a thought leader in your field is because when you are the recognized authority, you are the one that propels forward you become a resource for that expertise. You stand out in your market. You attract the right kinds of clients and partners that you want to work with. So intellectual influence and innovative thinking are two things that are necessary to become a thought leader. So I want you to think about thought leadership as influencing a narrative or a philosophy in a specific area. And it could be anything from potty training your toddler to successful sales within an organization to how to sell products on Instagram. It's coming down to how to influence a narrative or philosophy in your market. So why you want to raise yourself into that thought leadership position, again, is so you become the go-to resource for what you offer. So you want to be known as an industry leader. And then once you're there as part of that, you're building that thought leadership on what it is you offer. So if thought leadership is influencing a narrative or philosophy of your target market, then you want to take the steps which we're about to cover now to draw people to you and be that resource for them so that when you achieve that status, you will be the best known person for the specifics of what you offer and how you do it, what we call the go-to resource. It's the how of thought leadership that gets people tripped up. And there are many paths to get to thought leadership. 
Today, I'm going to give you some inside information on how to position yourself. So I work with a lot of people in the PR space, and they want to achieve thought leadership, but they may not have done some of the basic things. And then, you know, we have to kind of go back to the foundation, go back to the basis and take them through this process. So if you've already done these things, great. You can just say, check, check, check as you listen. And if you haven't, then I hope you'll pause, get a piece of paper and write these things down because these are the things that you have to master to achieve thought leadership. First is that you have to have some credibility and expertise in a particular niche. If you've achieved expertise, you already have credibility. It's just building on that. Credibility is so important because more people are willing to listen to you even when you are contrary to common philosophy if you bring along that expertise. For example, if you can say that after 20 years of trying to teach how to build a business, you've identified what was wrong and what to do differently. If you've not already built credibility in your field through your expertise in delivering results, then no one is going to want to follow you in a new direction. It's just going to take more time. You've got to establish your expertise before you can start building that thought leadership. But whether you've been working professionally for a decade or it's something you've done as a hobby that you share with people, or even if it's an intuitive skill you have, you have to have some experience and credibility and build that to move ahead and take advantage of the opportunities that you'll need as you become a thought leader. The second thing you need is an authentic and unique perspective that is clear and compelling. This is critical because you want to distinguish yourself from the others in your field. I talk about this inside my Facebook group, Peerless Brands. If you're not in our group, go to Facebook now and request to join. Just search Peerless Brands. I've talked about when you niche. You need to get to that point where it's not only how you sell to the gap between the market, what we call your purple ocean, It's also about packaging those unique skills and experiences you have that make you the preferred person to deliver those services or products. Thought leadership takes that philosophy one step forward. What you are doing is you're going to the market with what you see as missing in the current philosophy, a position that is somewhat contrary to popular opinion. You build on that position with evidence, experience, and skill. You continue to build and bring that message forward, not only to attract your initial prospects, but to deliver and build a name for yourself. There are two key essentials to this process, differentiation and authenticity. And I mentioned both of them a little bit earlier, but let's just break them down. You can look at any popular opinion and say, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and take a counter position because that's how I can differentiate myself. But then it's not authentic. If you do not believe in it and you can't show how this new perspective will benefit the people who follow you, then just set it aside. It's not about creating polarity for polarity's sake. It's about creating polarity because your perspective is not only unique, but is also authentic and something you believe. 
So instead ask, what is the current philosophy of the market? And what am I bringing that is different? What do I see that is either wrong or missing with the current philosophy of my industry? So letting people know what they are going to get when they follow you is also important. So this is where being clear and compelling come in. Having a clear perspective that lets people know what they're going to get when they start following you, reading, subscribing to all the things you offer, email list, newsletter, podcast, if you have one. This should not be an abstract concept. It's clear. People should not have to stop and think about, well, what does she really stand for? What does this person believe? You want to be able to say, the current way of doing this is not working. This is what will work. And this is how my solution is better and different. You create polarity by talking about what is wrong with the current philosophy. You create the conversation you want to have. This is really important. You are not going into a conversation that is already happening within the market, within your industry. You are creating a new conversation. All of this ties back to differentiating yourself. Because right now, in most industries, everyone seems to be selling the same philosophy and they're competing on either time or price in the red ocean. And when you compete on time or price, and what I mean by that is, okay, I have a six-month course on painting and my course is $5,000. Someone else has a four-month course on painting and it's $4,000. Okay, so maybe I need to condense what I'm offering into fewer months and lower the price. When this happens, someone will undercut you again and again And it's called the red ocean because it's basically a race to the bottom. On the other hand, you have this blue ocean that is where the true inventors go, the disruptors that create something that they actually are going to build a market from or market for. And, you know, you think of Apple and some like Uber disruptive companies, and that is great. But the problem is, if there isn't already a market looking for a solution, then it's going to take a long time and a lot of resources to get people there. And as entrepreneurs and small business owners, most of us don't have those resources. So sell to the gap. In this case, you can think about what the gap is between the red and the blue ocean. Where is that gap? that no one is speaking about or to, and how can I create a conversation there? That's what we call the purple ocean. Maybe it's something like these things are priced so low that they can't deliver the results they promise. And, or these processes and services are going to take so long to achieve their goals. What I am presenting is an approach that blends the best of the two. So you see that creating that polarity where people know it doesn't work, then you create that possibility about what does and apply it to your market. Okay, let's break this down. For example, you're a business consultant working with entrepreneurs around the structure of their organizations. On one side, you're competing with courses on how to set up your business. And on the other hand, you're competing with master's programs. 
What is the gap and what are you selling and why is it better than both of those? You might say, okay, this is a program, not a course. It's more than courses that sit and collect dust because this program gives you accountability like the master's program, but without the price. So that might be a good positioning place to start from for someone who helps entrepreneurs launch their businesses with the proper business foundations. You can be the bridge or the purple ocean that's between all the courses out there that people don't finish and the master's course that requires a lot of time and investment. I challenge you to determine how this works for you. How can you create that conversation you want to have around your unique an innovative position and take on the market that you serve that will inspire and ignite not only your prospects, but even your peers and partners so that you can have referrals. If you have an exciting approach that helps businesses launch their business from an organizational structure, what else do they need? Maybe they need marketing or a bookkeeper or a virtual assistant, and maybe you can have preferred partners that you refer people to, and they refer businesses to you so you have that built-in referral system. You can position that, and you and your partners can also refer each other. So that is what I want to inspire you to think about today. I want you to think about that purple ocean. I want you to think about your industry. Where am I? What am I offering? Is it really similar to everybody else in my niche? Where's the gap? What's missing? And how can I look to fill that? And then next week on the podcast, we're going to be taking that a little bit further. And we're going to be talking about how to start laying the foundation and building your thought leadership at every stage of your business. So I hope you'll join me next week. I hope you found this helpful And thank you all for tuning in and we'll see you next week on The Prosper Project. At Prosper for Purpose, we have a team of strategists and storytellers who are experienced marketers, accredited PR counselors, and published writers with an average of 16 years of experience. To find out what we can do for you, email connect at prosperforpurpose.com and put free consult in the subject line. Someone from our team will respond within 24 hours.